0: Welcome to the Disciples Dialogue, where believers celebrate their commonalities, share their testimonies, and edify the body of Christ. Each episode contains healthy conversations between Brother Till and a guest speaker. Thanks for joining the Disciples Dialogue.
1: Praise the Lord, everyone. Thank you for joining me again here on the Disciples Dialogue. I have a very special guest with me today. Uh, It's my honor and my privilege. Uh, On our 10th episode, we are celebrating 10 episodes of the Disciples Dialogue. And with me, I can think of no other guest that I would rather have than my pastor, Pastor Joey Hall, from First Apostolic Church of Radford, Pastor Hall, welcome to the Disciples Dialogue.
2: Thank you so much, Brother Teal. It is an honor and a privilege to be able to be on here today, and to be able to discuss and have some dialogue about the topics that you selected. And we're we're excited to share.
1: Amen. Amen. Today, I know that uh, anybody who's listening has seen this in in the uh, notes. There, uh, we were talking about beating the odds. When I uh, asked. Pastor Hall to join me um, to do a recording. Uh, I wanted to talk about something that I knew uh, he he has experience in and that he could uh, really bring some some thoughts and some depth to this conversation that I think needs to be had um, in beating the odds. And the odds that I'm talking about are uh, that they say uh, 80% of church plants fail within the first five years Of being established and that's not specific to the apostolic church but nevertheless it is a statistic and having planted a church in the city of Radford here in Virginia um, and uh, getting through that getting over that hurdle amen in Jesus name we got over that hurdle and I want to shed some light on this and and understand maybe some of the reasons why that statistic is there and why that percentage is so high and what we can do as the body of Christ um, to mitigate that risk and and to overcome that hurdle?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And and before we get started into that, uh, I want to uh, I want to congratulate you on number ten. Uh, Thank of you. Disciples Dialogue. That's uh, that's uh, that's. I know it doesn't seem like a great accomplishment, maybe, but double digits. Double digits. I'll take it. Double digits. So Absolutely. We were talking about, uh, just on the way over here, about, uh, I remember when I turned 10, and I was, you know, playing Super Nintendo. <laughs> oh, yes. At the age of 10. And so we're actually in our 10th year uh, of church planning as well. Praise so God. Well, there is, you go. This is, we're, we've... We're nine years old in our tenth year now. We'll be ten years celebrating in uh, January of next year. So, um, so we're thankful. Ten's a good number, right now. It is, and I'm grateful
1: for every episode. Uh, with that being said, why don't you let the listeners in on a brief history of yourself, your family, and how First Apostolic Church of Rafford um, got here?
2: Well, uh, as we kind of briefly spoke before this started. Um, we could dedicate a whole episode to just that. So I'm going to try to keep it very brief. And and um, if I was to go back and explain how the Lord has has opened doors here and what He's done for us at FAC Radford, um, we we wouldn't get through this today at all. We wouldn't touch mm-hmm. any of the content of 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 uh, beating the odds. Right. But um, I, you know, I am 42 years old. I've uh, been in ministry now uh, for about twenty two years um, be honest with you I don't even remember the date that I was ordained but uh, have been in ministry since uh since nineteen 20 years old and um, been married for Oh, I'm going to get myself in trouble. Uh, we were married in 2004. So what is that? 18 Pressure's years. On. Yeah, I think that's I think that's 18. So yeah, that sounds right. Uh, married to my beautiful, lovely helpmate, uh, Sister Hall, for 18 years, and have two beautiful uh, daughters that we are so very proud of, both of which are uh, either being used or hunger to be used in ministry and, and want to do a work for God. And I'm so thankful for that. Thankful for my family, for my wife and for my children. He's been, uh, he's been so good to me. And, and uh, honestly, I know, um, for for those of you that are listening and, and may not know brother teal is 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 going to be uh doing some more group podcasts in the future mm-hmm. and so uh he shared some of that with me and I would love the opportunity to have my wife and kids at some point in time uh join in and Absolutely. And, uh, and have them kind of share their experiences as, as PKs and a pastor's wife yes. you know uh, in planning a church but Thank God for my family. Appreciate, uh, appreciate them so much. They're, they are my, uh, they're my rock besides the Lord Jesus Christ. They are my rock. And, um, the church, uh, what can I say? We've been, we've been there for over nine years now. Um, God has blessed. We've seen many souls saved, um, many lives changed and, uh, we're so thankful for what the Lord has done in, in over nine years. And my, uh, my pastor, Pastor Greg Street, came out of his church, uh, left Kingsport, Tennessee, after we received the call to plant a church uh, somewhere in North America, and the Lord just landed us right here in Radford, Virginia. Hmm. And um, he's been with us. But I give honor to my pastor, Pastor Greg Street, um, and uh, just yeah, I'm I'm thankful to be doing what I know. God's called me to do and um, there's no uh, there's no greater joy than to be in the will of God and to know Mm. you're really in the will of God yeah
1: the Uh, perfect will of God the perfect will of God yes yeah
2: and so we're thankful we know we're in the will of God I can again um, that's the very very quick one sentence version (laughs) background because of anybody that knows me knows that I could spend quite a bit of time on that oh yes
1: now I will say um, of course you and I are very familiar with, uh, our history, uh, you as my pastor. Um, but for the listeners who are not aware, uh, briefly, I want to say in talking about beating the odds that my family, uh, is, is one of the first families that, yes. that you all won to the Lord. Yes. And we are in the church today, uh, as a direct result of your ministry and you're being obedient to the call in your life, um, and I could, I'll have to save the whole testimony for another day, but um, in, in beating the odds uh, and building a church and establishing a church here in Radford, Virginia, um, I can honestly say without, without blowing any smoke at all that had it not been for this church, the, the apostolic church, the one that uh, your family was called to plant here in this city, um, my family would be lost Um, God only knows where we would be. And so I am eternally grateful, uh, for the church. And I'm so thankful for your ministry as my pastor. I know I don't say it enough. And so here in front of all the millions of listeners to the disciples, (laughs) absolutely worldwide, uh, worldwide, I will say, uh, thank you for your ministry. Thank you for your leadership. And had you not, um, Led the church in beating these odds. I would not be here, sitting here, talking to you today, and so I'm eternally
2: grateful. Thank you very much, and and thank you, uh, thank you so much for all of your help uh, and friendship throughout the years, and and uh, I'm I'm so thankful for your family being one of the first families. Um, I believe, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, your your son Hudson it very well could have been my first baby dedication as a pastor i oh, i think, I think looking deal. looking back I, I don't know that i had one prior to that i believe oh. that's and was probably one of my first baby dedications as a pastor so wow. um so yeah it was pretty pretty incredible and um you know we the change that we've seen in your life of course again yeah i'm going to try not to spend a whole lot of time yeah. on it but we could talk a whole episode on oh, yes. on the change that has happened in your life and 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 uh, God's been good to you and to me both. And, oh, yes. And we give him all the glory.
1: Amen. Amen. Well, let's segue into some of these questions that I have prepared uh, in talking about beating the odds. Um, I want to ask you some some questions, not only that I feel would be helpful to uh, young churches, young ministries uh, that are, just now taking off, or even hopeful ministries, maybe somebody's got the burden uh, to start even a Bible study or a church plant um, or, or any work for the Lord, uh, there are odds that are, some would say, that are against us, against the church as a whole. And and so I want to uh, offer to those peoples, th- those families that may be struggling and in, in in finding that uh, that foothold in how to overcome these odds, what can I do, practically speaking, to become better, more efficient, um, so that we don't become a statistic, a you know one of these eighty percent of churches who start and we're on fire in the beginning, but then we fade out, we yeah. burn out, and so my first question to you, uh, Pastor Hall, is, in your opinion or in your experience, what are some factors that could Lead to a church plant failure.
2: Um. Well, I want to I want to put some emphasis on what you said. Some. Uh, these are just a few, as there mm-hmm. are many, mm-hmm. many factors uh, that can contribute to a church plant failing. Um, there's no way that I could possibly cover all of them. Right. Um, but when when uh, when I think about that question and. And uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is a lack of prayer mm-hmm. and sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, now we can turn this around, and 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 we can think about everything that I'm saying here on the opposite end of that. These are factors that can contribute to what can build a church. Um, and I know we're going to get to that in a little while, but um, you know some of the factors uh, one. First one that comes to mind is is definitely prayer mm-hmm. and lack of prayer and lack of sacrifice. Mm. Um, if we misunderstand the importance of spiritual warfare, um, spiritual warfare is real. Yes, um, and and if if you if you don't understand when you're going into a city to plant a church, that you're going to fight. Demons mm. and spirits of hell right you're going to fight uh, the enemy that is warring for that city that has had strongholds yes. built in that city for for quite some time they mm. they've had strongholds there they've got they've got area that that is an area that they have conquered yes. especially if it's a new city a new area where yep. there is no apostolic presence where there is no uh, you know unadulterated Word of God being mm. preached and taught in that city. Um, spirits and demons aren't just going to flee. They're not going to leave town just because you show up in town with a promise from God. Right, right. Uh, you know, well, here, here we are. You know, God told me we're going to win this city. Mm-hmm. God told me we're going we to have revival in the city of Radford. Mm-hmm. And, and here I am, and I'm slinging my axe in 238s. Yeah, yeah. And, uh And the devil, you know, he's not going to run town uh, because of that, he's right. he's not intimidated just because we show up mm. in town uh, with a promise from God. Wow! Uh, if we if we look at the Word of God, and of course, uh, I'm going to try to keep my answers brief. But if we look at the Word of God, Satan himself uh, even tempted Jesus mm-hmm. when 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 Jesus walked on this earth. Satan himself stood before Jesus to tempt him. Right, and 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 was looking to to get him to bow down to him. Jesus, I mean, God robed in the flesh, and mm. Satan tempted him to bow down before him. Who are we to think that he'd leave us alone? Right. Are we so special that, that he wouldn't tempt us as well to mm. bow down or to turn around and surrender and, right. and leave town? Well, of course, we're going to fight that. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so we, we, we got to understand there's warfare that's going to take place. And, and the lack of understanding of that is, is going to lead to a church plant failing. Mm. If, if the family doesn't realize that they're going to, and I'll be honest with you, when we first came, we knew it was going to happen. Right. We knew it was going to take place, but we weren't ready for the way it was going to take place. Wow. Um, we we weren't ready for. Uh, I had never dealt with uh, anxiety in my life ever. Mm. I didn't even know what anxiety was. I mean, I I, I told people God can deliver you from anxiety right. and God can help, you. but I had never experienced anxiety an anxiety attack where you're, mm. you know, you feel like you're literally having a heart attack. Yeah. Um, until I planted a church. Wow. And and that happened when we when we had. Uh, pretty much made our mind up that we were going to to do this with all of our heart, and we were at an apostolic conference in in Madison, Mississippi, and while we were there, um, we we were given a prayer by uh, Brother David Chatwell out of Oklahoma, and he gave us a prayer to pray specifically over our city and over our church, and it was spiritual warfare. It was a prayer that I'll, I'll be honest with you. I had not prayed like this mm. um, coming into this city. And so I began to pray that prayer while I was at that conference. And um, in the middle of the night, one night in the hotel room, um, I woke up with an anxiety attack that I've never experienced in my life. Mm. And it was the enemy. Satan right. was trying to convince me of what he was going to do to my family if I stayed in the city of Radford and planted this church. And he he showed me that night. I saw, heard him speak to me and saw what he was going to do to our family mm-hmm. if I stayed in Radford. Now we understand that he's a liar. He is. But when you feel that sense of, of <clears throat> fear or anxiety coming, especially when it deals with your family, mm-hmm. you know, as a husband and a father, you know when when you think about your family and understanding that um if you would do anything to protect your family mm. and the devil knows that yes and so if he can convince you that he's got the power to take your family mm-hmm. you understanding you'll do anything to protect your family right. he can get you to quit exactly
1: if quitting will save my family
2: from hurt exactly
1: then that's what I going to do
2: then that's what wow. he, that's what and and he had that in my mind yeah. that night he was yeah. working in my mind trying to get me to believe I'm going to take your kids. I'm mm. going to take your wife. I'm going to take your marriage. And, 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 bro, right there in the middle of the night, I, I grabbed that prayer. Mm. And in a hotel room, in an apostolic conference, yeah. and I grabbed that prayer and I started praying. I went in the bathroom because I didn't want to wake up my wife and kids. And I started praying with authority. Mm. And, uh, it was tough to go back to sleep. I'll just be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and, but, but understanding again, um, He's a liar. He is. And so he, I had to, you know, God had to work on my mind. And, and for me to realize, hey, the Lord has not given me a spirit of fear, but power and love. God that's got his hand upon my family is much greater than this enemy oh, yes. that's telling me he's going to destroy my family. Yeah. But that was warfare. Right. It was warfare. And so uh, uh, we got to understand when you're planning a church, warfare and casualties, anytime you have a war, Warfare and casualties are at their greatest during the early part of the conflict mm. when new territory is being overtaken. Wow. Look at D-Day. That's good. Yeah. Look at D-Day. Yeah. When they came on the banks of the shore, Yeah, it was rough. Mm. But Until you can establish uh, your footing.
1: Exactly. Wow.
2: Once you, but once you gain that territory... Mm then you begin to get stronger in the Lord because you realize the weapons of our warfare are working. Right. Wow. That's good. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And so, so the weapons of my warfare is working, and so that faith begins to kick in, and you begin to realize, hey, I can take this land. Yeah. I can take this. city. Yeah. The spirit of Caleb begins to come on you, yes. and you all of a sudden said, give me that mountain. Mm. I can take that mountain because the, the weapons, they work wow and uh so it, so warfare and casualty is the greatest when you're when you're beginning to take new territory um uh, look at look at any recent war look at any recent yeah. battle it it's the greatest casuals, the greatest conflict is in the beginning mm-hmm. when somebody's trying to establish the lines of uh, of that warfare and they're right. trying to establish the territory yeah so if if we look at and I don't I've got some a couple of scripture references my goodness um we, we got a lot to cover. It's all right. It's good. Book of Acts chapter number 13. In the book of Acts chapter 13, verses 43 through 45. Um, I don't have these uh, marks, so please forgive me. Um, but Acts 13, 43 through uh, 45. L- listen to this. Now, when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas. Who speaking to them persuaded them to continue in the grace of God, and the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together mm-hmm. to hear the word of God. Right, but when the Jews saw the multitudes, when they saw the city began to convert, when mm-hmm. they saw there was some, when Satan saw something transpiring in this city, the Bible says they were filled with envy. And they spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Mm. All because there was some transition being made and there were some, there were some lives being won. Yeah. And here's the enemy. But, but a, a, a really, really good one is Acts 14, the next chapter, 14, 1 through 3. Uh, and it came to pass in Iconium that they went both together into the synagogue of the Jews and so spake that a great multitude both of the Jews and also of the Greeks believed but the unbelieving Jews stirred up the gentiles mm. the unbelieving Jews here, here stirred up the gentiles and made their minds evil affected against the brethren mm. so here they're they're going in the synagogues Jews preaching that both Jews and Greeks are beginning to believe here. Lives are being changed. Right. Territories being taken. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil, affected against the brethren. So in discord. Wow. And now there's problems because new territory being taken yeah. in Iconium. And, and notice this in verse number three. Long time. Therefore, abode they speaking boldly in the Lord. Mm. That's the key. Yeah, that's the key to planting a church. Right. Long time in Iconium, they came to Iconium with a, Iconium with a word from the Lord, and while they were there, all of a sudden they're coming into new territory, they're establishing some ground, lives are being changed, oh. and now there's the evil comes against them, but they made up their mind. The scripture says, the Book of Acts fourteen and three. Long time, therefore, abode they speaking boldly in the Lord. Wow. Which gave testimony under the word of his grace and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Mm. So here's what happened. The enemy's fighting against him. Warfare's taking place. But here's the apostles that said, we're not leaving. Yeah, We're here. We're here to establish the kingdom of God. Mm Mm-hmm. We're here to establish a promise from God for revival. Mm -hmm. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the uttermost parts of the earth. This is where we're going. And all of a sudden, resistance comes, and they said, we're not leaving. We're going to stay, and we're going to speak boldly in the Lord and give testimony of the word of his grace. And here's what happens. And the Lord granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands Mm. because they made up their mind. Because resistance is happening and warfare is taking place, we're not leaving. Right. Just because the devil shows up, mm. we're not leaving. right? And so with, with that, I can tell you when it goes back to us and our family at the Apostolic Conference, um, we came back from that conference and um, we had a temporary sign. Mm-hmm. Um, we had just a little banner. I believe you, you know you were there oh, at yes. the time. Oh, yes. We had just a banner set up. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Lord told me, he said, what kind of sign do you have out in front of your church? And I, you know, I thought, well, what in the world what does that mean? What does that matter? You know. Yeah. Um. And I got a banner. You know. The Lord said that's a temporary sign. Why do you have a temporary sign on a church that you're wanting to build permanently to affect the city of Radford? Mm. So okay. Mm. Came back from the Abstinent Conference said we're going we're going to build a sign that's more permanent. Now we were we didn't have any grass or anything to plant it in, but we 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 built a more permanent wood structure sign rather than a banner
1: yeah it was more of an investment exactly Exactly. not just
2: financially exactly yeah and 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 at that moment we we literally were driving the stake in the ground Mm. Yeah. yeah and we were saying we're not leaving this is permanent we're here to build the kingdom of god satan you better back up right right um so so do you want to expound any more on that? I wanted to
1: say that reminds me when you was reading those scriptures about Acts chapter two, the day of Pentecost, uh, one of the greatest instances in the word of God, the Holy Ghost is poured out in the upper room. They you know, they come out, uh, many people are there to witness this, and the church is built, the, the first church is built, and one thing that jumped out at me uh, several years ago in studying that is the scripture says that right after that, it says that, and they continued steadfastly. And and so if you just pause right there, just saying, I'm going to start a church right. or I just received the Holy Ghost, that's that's only the beginning. Yeah. That's the, God has so much more and there's got to be a continuing in your spirit. Exactly. a a, a I'm driving the stake in the ground. We're not going anywhere come hell or high water. Right. We're not moving, right? And so uh, that 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 just come back to me was you was reading those, uh, and they continued. We must continue,
2: absolutely must Mm. continue. Um, So so you got to there's got to be a, uh, and and we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But there's got to be going back to when that warfare starts. You Mm. you you got to understand it's going to come, it's going to happen. You're not going to go into a city and not have warfare, right? It's not going to happen. mm. You got to be willing to pray in the spirit mm. and, and fight spiritual warfare
0: mm-hmm.
2: but the weapons of our warfare yeah. are not carnal yeah. they're mighty through God of the pulling down of strongholds mm. so we've got to understand the weapons that we have they work yeah. it's a battle um, but they work. Mm-hmm. They work, and uh, so that—that's—that's that's one of the factors that could lead to church plant failure is as a misunderstanding of that warfare that you're going to have to fight. It's—it's—it's um, it's, it's not easy. Um, mm. If it was easy, easy, everybody be doing it. Yeah, and would and be successful. <laughs> Absolutely, and would be successful. Absolutely, there
1: would be no failed church plant attempts. Right. You wouldn't have that eighty percent exactly. You wouldn't exactly have eighty percent.
2: There's an eighty percent for a reason. Mm. There's an eighty percent for a reason right, um and these are just some of the reasons yeah a, a, a misunderstanding uh of the call of god mm-hmm. there's a uh, th- there can be a miss now you've heard me say that the need determines the call mm-hmm. uh, you've heard me say mm-hmm. that in times past, right, and so i I do believe that a need determines the call, but I believe some people uh can misunderstand the call of God on their life right it can so
1: passion can be. Uh, misunderstood as a calling. Absolutely. Because I can be passionate about a lot of things, but it doesn't mean I'm called to do them.
2: Right. And and here's another thing that we get into when with, with new converts. You know, they come in. I, I've seen new converts come in. Mm. And, man, they get the Holy Ghost baptized in jesus name the ready next week go. they're called to preach yeah <laughs> right yeah in their mind yeah. yeah yeah the next week you know they're they're called to preach and they're they're ready to storm the gates of hell mm-hmm. with a water gun right
1: but here's the thing they these new converts and i i, I know because when i man when i got filled with the holy ghost <laughs> i mean if my neighbors was looking out the window that morning in my driveway yeah. uh, they thought i was crazy but yeah when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, man, I I, I got on fire. I was ready to go. I, like you said, I was ready to to do it all. Yes, sir. Uh, I want I, w- I want to tear down the gates of hell, <laughs> and I'm I'm ready to do build five churches today. Let's do yeah. it. Uh, yeah, make it. But happen. here's the thing: one, I was ignorant to the fact that I had just signed up for. When you do that, you sign up for spiritual warfare. Yeah. Okay. So I was ignorant to that fact. And two, when I enter into that spiritual warfare. I did not take the time to prepare myself for that battle, right. and so I didn't put on the armor of Christ. I hadn't go. studied the armor of Christ, right. and so we go into a spiritual battle that we're not well equipped for. Right? We've we've not tried this like right. David. Haven't been proven. It's not been proven, right. and so you, you're sure to fail. Yeah. yeah, if you've not proved yourself, the Bible says. You know, in talking about David, uh, David said, look, you know, a a sword sounds great. Uh, You know, all the stuff, the armor that you're offering me, Saul. But what I saw when I I read those scriptures about David, I saw that he was being offered the very same things that Goliath had. Yeah. Right? Oh, absolutely. Goliath had, uh, he had armor. Surely he had armor. Surely he had a sword. He had all kinds of things. But if you're trying to fight flesh with flesh. Yeah. You will never be successful. Never going to happen. It can't. You, and so David flesh always
2: wins. Flesh always wins. If you fight flesh with flesh, there you go. Flesh is going to
1: win. It's going to win every time. You have no choice. You're it's, fighting with flesh. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. And so David said, "Look, I can't. I can't go into this battle with with these things that I've not proved. Right. And 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 as a matter of fact, it's the same thing that he has. So what what advantage do I have? Yeah. Yeah. And so we've got to equip ourselves with. Spiritual weaponry, uh, weaponry. That's
2: right. That's right. So, so, and at that moment, you've not proved anything. Mm. When you've got the Holy Ghost, right? Only thing you've proved is God's a saving God. That's right. Yeah. At that moment, the only thing that you have proved is God is a saving God. Right. And His Word is true. And, his and word is, is true. He will fill anybody with the Holy Ghost. Exactly. <laughs> you know, but but you know, you've got to prove the sword of the Spirit. Yeah. You've got to prove. You know, you got to, Yeah. So so mm. a, a misunderstanding of the of the call of God. Um, Passion can be, sadly, uh, mistaken for call, yes. like you said. And yes. That's, um, so that, that's, that's, a, that's one other factor. Um, I've, I've got a list, and so I'm going to try not to spend as much time on each one of these because um, we won't get through all of this. But um, Well, let's flip this on its head then. In,
1: in your experience, what are some factors that would lead to a successful church plan? We talked about the failures. Yeah. Uh, so what about how, how can we be successful in planning churches?
2: When I think of that, when I think of the word "successful," I, I would I would much rather use the term or the terms "fruitful" mm. or "faithful," mm-hmm. because somebody gave me some some wisdom many years ago and and told me. Thank God they told me this because I have carried this with me for nine years as a church plant pastor that we don't determine nor celebrate the success as we see it. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't need to determine success because God's success is totally different from our success. Right. And and when we see him, what's he going to say? Well done, thou good and successful servant. No, faithful. Yeah. Mm. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Faithful. So I believe success is faithfulness. Mm. Um, we can say that we're going to enter into the kingdom of heaven, and that's a successful journey mm-hmm. when we cross over Jordan yeah. and we hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And and in another verse of Scripture, Jesus said that you'll know them by their fruits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So So for me, being faithful and being fruitful is being successful. Wow, that's good. And so how, how do we determine then what a faithful and a fruitful church is? A church plant that's faithful and, and, and fruitful. Um, I think you've, uh, first thing that comes to mind is aim small, miss small. Mm-hmm. And I preached about this. Mm-hmm. Aim small, miss small. To be, to be successful, to be faithful, to be fruitful, to mm-hmm. be the church that God has called us to be um we must aim small and miss small and we cannot have unrealistic expectations mm. wow if 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 you to have a a fruitful church plant um you must aim small miss small but not expect if the story that comes to mind was when we when when I preached that message was my kids had got BB guns for Christmas and they wanted to go squirrel hunting, mm-hmm. and so we took them squirrel hunting and and I remember asking my youngest daughter, I said, um, when she was looking she she'd seen a squirrel and she wanted to shoot it and I was teaching him. and uh, so I asked her I said what do you see, she was looking through her scope I said what do you see, she I see a squirrel, mm-hmm. are you sure well I think so uh, okay well wait a minute. We, we don't pull the trigger on, and I think so. We we don't pull the trigger on anything if we're not sure what we're looking at. Right. Yeah. And so I said, what do you, well, I, I think I see its head. Mm, mm. Don't pull that trigger. Well, I, I think I said, no, I need you to pick out exactly what that is. Know what you're getting ready to shoot at. Mm-hmm. And look at a piece of hair. And find a piece of hair that's a different color than the rest of them, mm-hmm. and shoot for that. And when she shot her first deer, um, as a deer hunter, she uh, and and you know, forgive me if you're not a hunter, um, <laughs> but we 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 like tenderloin, hey <laughs> man, but uh, we. When, when, when she shot her first deer, I said, what do you, what do you see? Yeah, deer. I said, all right, all right. What do you see, the vitals? Do you see where the vitals are? Yeah, and, and, and I said, now pick a piece of hair. Pick a color. Pick something distinguishable on that body mm-hmm. in that target area, and you aim for that. Um, aim small, miss small means that when you're aiming at a target, rather than aiming at the whole target, you need to aim at a small section of that target mm. because if you miss – Instead of not hitting the target, you just miss the small part of the target that you're aiming for, but at least you'll still hit the target. Yeah. Wow! So aim small, miss small, and don't don't have unrealistic expectations. Mm-hmm. My kids asked me when they went deer hunting. They said, "Dad, can we take our BB guns deer hunting?" Mm. No, won't work. Won't work. Wow! Unrealistic expectations. They had expectations they could take their new BB gun Mm -hmm. to the hunting stand with them and kill a deer with a BB gun. Well, if you do that, you're just going to create some pain. Mm. You're just going to hurt the animal. Wow. Because you've got unrealistic expectations. And you're using something that wasn't meant to kill that animal. Wow. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah.
1: And if I can jump in here... The BB gun has a purpose.
2: Oh, yeah. Right? There's a
1: a purpose behind it, but if it's misused, Mm -hmm. if it's used for the wrong purpose, it can uh, not just harm but not kill, but it can aggravate. Right. Because it wasn't made Mm.
2: for that. Yeah. Wow. It it wasn't made for that. Mm. And so if you go into a church plant with unrealistic, well, I'm going to storm the gates of hell with a water gun. No, Mm -hmm. you're not. Yeah. You're going to storm the gates of hell with prayer and fasting. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm going to storm the gates of hell with my guitar playing. No, you're not. No, you will I'm, aggravate. Right. I'm going to build a church. I'm going to build a church on my knowledge. No, you're not. No. Mm. I'm, I'm going to build a church on my talent and my abilities. No, you're not. No. You're, 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 you're going to create more damage yeah. than you are building the kingdom.
1: The first church, the first real church ever built was built on a prayer meeting. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly.
2: So if it worked for them,
1: it'll work for us. Exactly. It's the only way to do it.
2: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, you got to be intentional. Yeah. It's not going to happen at all unless you're intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, you you, you, you got to wake up and say, this is what we're going to do today. Yeah. This is what we're going to come. Aim small. Miss small, be intentional, have targets, have goals, set those goals and understand I'm going to reach those goals, but I'm not going to set unrealistic goals because that's our problem. Mm. When we set unrealistic goals, like I'm going to kill a deer with a BB gun. Right. Uh, and, and sorry for my analogy of hunting. I know there are a lot of people that don't like hunting or whatever, but, um, you know, that's what we do. We're in the South. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um but it, it, it you got to be intentional and you got to go into it with expectations of what's really attainable. Mm-hmm. Something that's attainable. I can teach one Bible study. Yeah. And that's going to be fruitful, their success.
1: Mm. And if you, spiritually speaking, you take the BB gun to hunt large game, you're going to be unsuc- unsuccessful. And when you're unsuccessful, you get that feeling of defeat. Yeah. And then the devil doesn't have to worry about beating you up anymore because now you're going to start beating yourself up. Right. Because I was unsuccessful. Right. What I tried did not work. I fell flat on my face. And so now I guess God doesn't want me to do this anymore. Right. Maybe I missed my misinterpreted my calling.
2: And so. And so you even could have had the call of God
1: and the call could be right. Right.
2: This this isn't a misinterpret. This isn't a misconception of the call of God or missing the call of God. You had the right call. Hmm. But you had unrealistic expectations. Wow! Yeah, that's important. And because of those unrealistic expectations, mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't happen. It didn't happen the way you wanted it to happen. And now all of a sudden, there's defeat. There's discouragement. There's pain. Mm-hmm. And, and you've got to, you know, um, you want to harvest something. Mm-hmm. And just if I was to go out west elk hunting, I want to harvest something. Mm-hmm. So if I go out west, I'm not taking a BB gun. Right. You know, I'm I'm taking a 700-millimeter, you know, Magnum. You know, I'm going I'm to take yeah. something that I know will reach out there. Mm-hmm. Don't take something that can't reach the target. Wow, that's good. Don't use something that can't reach the target. Mm. That's unrealistic expectations. Right. And you will fall flat on your face mm. with those unrealistic expectations. Wow. Um, so. and,
1: and to know what weaponry to use, yeah. you have to be well-versed in weaponry. Absolutely. You have to know Which one to pick? Absolutely, and the scripture says, "Study to show show thyself approved." Absolutely, you want to know how to build a fruitful church? Study Mm -hmm. the Word of God because it's there. Oh, yeah, the instruction—it's our instruction manual on how to build a fruitful apostolic Pentecostal church. That's right. Mm. That's right.
2: Absolutely, and and so, but on the flip side of all that, um, you know, when you when you when you had your your First child, Hudson. Uh-huh. Okay, when you when you had it was your first 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 son, first child. Um, did any books that you read, any classes that you may have attended, any teaching that anybody tried to tell you, did any of that prepare you for what you were about to experience? Absolutely not. <laughs> I needed experience. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, nothing. No amount of books that you read. No amount of teaching that you no. received. No amount of of, of instruction that you have no. got, babysitting didn't do it for no. you. No. Nothing could prepare you for the night that he was going to wake up screaming and crying, and you had to go to work the next morning, and you still had to change that diaper. Or you had to sit up with your wife yep. and yep. and and take care of that. Nothing, nothing prepared you for that. Mm. And so understand, there are going to be unexpected realities that. You may have read every book about. You may have... You may have you may have all the scripture memorized. You may have everything at your Mm. disposal that you feel like, hey, I've got it all together. Just know when you plant a church, there is going to be unexpected realities. Wow, that's good. That are going to take place. The baby's going to cry in the middle of the night when Mm. you never, when you when you thought this is a night I need to get some rest, and all of a sudden the baby cries in the middle of the night, and you will have to face unexpected realities. Mm. And that's those realities are things that we don't like. think about right those are the things that we don't you know we we like to think about praying for the sick and seeing them healed Mm and we like to think about. i've watched somebody else do this
1: and so therefore i know how to do it absolutely that's the that's the mindset
2: absolutely i've watched somebody
1: else raise a baby i I I can can do do this this. you've never done it right you
2: have no idea i've talked with people in times past and that aren't parents Mm -hmm. and i've tried to get them to understand a parental point of view and they can shake their head yes all they want to they don't get it They'll never get it until they have a child. Right, right. And so the same goes with this. You, you can be as prepared as you want to be, mm. but you're not prepared for what you're going to face. Mm. I mean, it, and I'm not trying to paint a glim picture here. I'm trying to be real. Yeah, no, that's what we need. Unexpected realities that yeah. are going to happen. That yeah. baby is going to, you know, that baby's going to do something that's going to absolutely drive you crazy. mm but it's going to happen and it is your responsibility to take care of that child and nurture it and love it and right. be there for it. Even though it maybe might get on your nerves, your ever loving last nerve, mm. you still got to love it and nurture it because it's your responsibility. And you yeah. gave life to that. Mm. So, wow. Mm. Uh, wow. Um, That's good. So, yeah, I, I think, uh, it's very important that we, we understand, uh, um, be intentional, aim small, miss small, um, uh, Go for your target. Go for your target. Um, I think. Uh, are, are we okay? We're are good. You, you, I got all night. I mean, if we if we got to do part two, we'll do part uh, two. Uh, <laughs> I've got we may have to. I've got a lot of stuff. And you just you cut me off, bro. When it when it, when the timing, whenever it, go we, ahead. We no, need to good. cut it. Shut it down. You you let me know. But, um, you know, uh, s- to have a fruitful, you got a plan. Mm. You got a plan you got to have a plan in place. Um Jesus said who you know, who who builds a barn without counting the calls first. Yeah. Um, you got to have some sort of plan even though you can't plan for everything. you mm-hmm. You're going to have unexpected realities. You st- that does that's no excuse for you to say, well I don't need to have a plan. Right. Just because you know the baby is going to do things that you didn't expect it to do and you're going to face some things that you didn't expect to happen. Doesn't mean you don't build a nursery and get a crib mm-hmm. and have everything that you can't have ready. Mm. So you want to have a plan in place for that baby because mm. it's coming. Yeah. It's going to be birthed. Right. Uh, if God called you to do this and, and, and you're standing on the word of God, it's going to happen. Make a plan, make some kind of have a plan in place and, and make that plan because uh, improper planning can, can cause you to fail. Wow. Uh, Every time. Um have you ever seen a, a girl I've seen my girls do it when they were younger, try to walk in mama's shoes. Oh yeah. Yeah. My little girl does it all the time. You see Sayland get in get in in mama's shoes and try to walk in them high mm-hmm. heels. What does she do? She stumbles everywhere. There, there you go. Breaks her ankle. There you go. Yeah. She stumbles all over the place. She falls flat mm-hmm. on her face mm-hmm. trying to walk in shoes that Don't are too fit. big for her.
1: Mm. <laughs> oh
2: man. That's we could so spend good. some time there. Oh my goodness! We could spend some time there. Yeah, but but premature. Wow. Um, walking in big shoes prematurely.
1: Wow. It's not that it won't ever fit, but it may just not fit right now. Right now is not the time. Oh, that's good, man. Right now is not the time. Wow.
2: We got to be very careful that we don't walk in big shoes prematurely. Wow. Because what's going to happen? You're going to stumble. Yeah. You're going to fall flat on your face. Yeah. And so uh, don't try to be mama if you're the daughter.
1: Mm. Mm. I'm just letting that sink in.
2: Wow. Don't try to be mama if you're the daughter. Um, Don't try to walk in mama's shoes. Does that mean that Selah doesn't have a calling? No. Absolutely not but she may not walk like mama walks in the shoes that mama walks in. Mm. Look at some of our young people right now. Mm-hmm. We know they're not the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today. right? And so they all got callings on their life. They all yeah. have callings on their life. Mm-hmm. But does that mean their calling is the same as what their dad or mom's calling is? Mm. No. They've got a, a different calling, and so they've got to be comfortable in their size eight shoes, where Dad might wear size eleven. Right, right. But they got to be comfortable in their size eight shoes and walk in those shoes until they mm. grow up to fit a size eleven. That's the
1: only thing that fixes it is growth. Exactly,
2: mm. growth. And so, <clears throat> personal growth. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Personal, individual yeah. growth. Yes.
1: Not just because the church is growing. If you're a part of a, a church and Maybe you've got a calling to go out on your own. But just because the church you're in is growing does not mean that you're growing. Right. Right. Personal growth.
2: Personal growth. (sighs) Individual growth. and, And how does that come? Nutrition. Yes. What you eat, oh, what you put in your body, The milk first, yeah. the meat. Oh, there's so much we be, there. <laughs> we, we could be right here yeah, for a leave while. It, leave it. Leave <laughs> <laughs> it. What what you put in oh, is what's going to determine your growth and and how your body grows wow. and 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 but but eventually you may wear those shoes. Yeah, yeah. You may wear those shoes, but it, it, you got to be comfortable. And here here's what can contribute to a church, plants, uh, fruitfulness or failure. Yeah. Um, is whether you're comfortable in who God called you to be mm. because God didn't call me to be Pastor Greg Street. Right. God didn't call me to be, you know, my bishop. Mm. God didn't call me to be, you know, some of the great evangelists, you right. know, and the apostolic faith or other... Phenomenal, fruitful pastors. Right. God called me to be Joey Hall. Yep. And so if Joey Hall wears this size shoe, I need to be comfortable in these shoes until he puts me in something else. Mm. And so I need to walk in the calling where he's called me in and be who he called me to be. Can I tell you, there was a transformation in my ministry when I stopped trying to preach like somebody else? Mm. Yeah. When I stopped trying to pastor like somebody else or I stopped trying to and of course I didn't I learned it way earlier than when I started pastoring but in my young ministry man I, I tried to preach like this one and that one and I'd take you know tidbits from this. well if I could preach like him man I can and and bro the anointing didn't come until I finally said all right God I'm going to mm. walk in these shoes that yeah. you put me in and be comfortable with who I am and who you made because you called me to be me mm. to reach who I can reach Wow, and that's what I'm going to do. Wow, and that's where we've seen the fruitfulness. Yeah, was when we I said I'm not going to try to be like anybody else, but Joey Hall. Hmm, that's good.
1: That's good. I want to say this, and then would you would you be willing to do a part two? <laughs> bro,
2: bro. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's there's yeah. Right, we're we're going gonna... to we're gonna have to.
1: We're going to have to. Let me say this, and then we'll uh, Pastor Hall and I will get together. We'll come up with part two. In thinking about growth, personal growth, you know, my my son, uh, my wife took my son and daughter to the doctor yesterday, mm-hmm. and I'm five ten. It's my height. I'm five ten. Doctors okay. have told us since day one my son's going to be taller than me. Wow! And so he's he's. Yesterday they told him they said, "Oh yeah, you're going to be over six foot for sure,"
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and so you know that to a nine year old. Uh, I mean, he's on top of the world to be, you know, one day bigger than dad, right? And so he understands yeah. that the growth is in the process. Mm-hmm. And one day he will be taller than his dad. And that makes him happy. And we joke about it. And that's great. Yeah. Uh, but I did tell him something. And I think it relates to what we're talking about here about personal growth. I tell him, I say, Hudson, just because you may be taller than me when you're 16 years old, 17 years old, does not mean that you're going to uh, be any less in submission to me, right? If you're in my home, right? And I said so. Even if you outgrow me physically, you, you cannot outgrow your submission to me as my son, right? And the same thing goes in the church. Yeah. Even if I was to fill shoes, or somebody else was to fill shoes that were bigger than my predecessor, yeah, bigger than the one who. Uh, helped me grow into them. Even if I uh, was to outgrow and and God used somebody in ways that maybe their pastor was not used, you cannot outgrow your level of submission to your authority. Right. And I believe you better not. Better not. Because if that happens, you might, you might, you know, people are used in, in many ways. God has a funny way of doing things and using people who you never thought would have been used to do th- certain things. Yes, sir. But just because you, you know, Salem might wear a bigger size shoe than her mother. Yeah. But she's still the mother. That's right. It doesn't change. There you go. There you go. We can't outgrow our our level of submission. That's right. Mm. That's right.
2: And it doesn't mean that you're not going to. That th- We've had this conversation before. Yes. A couple years ago. Yes. Doesn't mean that you're not going to do something. I had a conversation with somebody about this earlier today. mm Jesus looked at his disciples.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he did. I know where you're saying.
2: (laughs) I told you this a couple years ago. Jesus looked at his disciples and told them, the ones that were in submission to him. That's right. The ones that were submitted to him, God robed in flesh. Yeah, yeah. And he looked at his disciples and he said, greater than the works that I do. Yeah. Shall you do? Are you going to do?
1: Yep. Mm.
2: And Jesus was okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Matter of fact, oh Lord, He said, "I'm I'm going to put my spirit in you, mm. so that you can do wow greater, yeah, than what I do. Mm. Because you you're, you're going to have the ability, you're going to have the ability to see others filled with my spirit." Mm. that i can't see right now right because i've not yet been glorified yeah yeah this big of the spirit that had not yet been given because jesus was not yet glorified mm. out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water jesus said i'm not going to see that mm. but you're going to see it I'm, you're going to experience it. i'm going to pour my spirit out upon all flesh yeah and yeah. you're going to see that and he was okay matter of fact uh you know, it, it it proved well to do a study on on have no greater joy than to see that my children walk in the truth. Mm-hmm. To do a study in that and what that really means uh, when he talks about the truth and and what it what he wants because I, I got a feeling I'll be honest with you, and I know we got to wrap this up, but you said it the other day at our men's breakfast. I want my children have a better life than what I had. Oh, yes. I want my children to experience more than what I, and not have to go through the bad, but experience more of the good than what I've experienced. That's right. Mm. So think about that. Mm. We as leaders, me as a pastor, should have the right heart to look at those that I pastor and say, if they can out preach me, so be it. Mm. Bless them, Lord. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. If they can out, you know. And, uh, you know, even, shame on me even for saying that because this is no competition. It's not a competition. This is no competition. Right. I should desire to see yeah. the people that I pastor be used in ways, again, goes back to the shoes. Mm-hmm. Be confident in who God called you to be. That's right. Right. I'm confident that God called me to be Joey Hall.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Pastor of First Apostolic Church of Radford. hmm 100% know I'm in the perfect will of God. Yes, sir. Could share some things right now that blow people's mind. Oh, it's happening yes. right now. My, my, That proves that we're in the perfect will of God. Yes. And I've got to be okay with that, even if someone else does something greater. Mm-hmm. But what's the definition of that? Mm. Who's to determine? Right.
1: Right? Be careful how you measure success. There you go. Mm.
2: Don't measure success. Ah, Measure fruit. Measure fruit. That's so good. Measure fruit. That is so
1: good. Yeah. Well, I know that anybody listening has been blessed by this. I promise you... Pastor Hall and I will get together and we will come up with another date where we can do part two. There is so much more to tap into in talking about beating the odds. Folks, this is how you beat the odds. These principles, these things. And Pastor Hall, thank you so much for your wisdom. Thank you for taking the time to do this. And I cannot wait to do it again.
2: Me either. Me either. I'm uh... It took us a little while. Hopefully, it don't take as long to make part two happen as what it took for us to get this one in here. But I, uh, I appreciate your patience and uh, and thank you for for the invitation to be a part of this great uh, podcast. I am I am super proud of what God is doing. Holy Ghost proud of what God is doing in your life and through this podcast. And uh, I look forward to the release. Uh, it's typically my mowing time uh, uh, when I get to listen to these, but uh, yes, I look sir. forward to the release of these when you release them. And, and thank you for allowing me to be a just a small part. I look forward to part two.
1: Absolutely. Praise God. Well, everybody. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us today, and we can't wait to bring you part two. Uh, We look forward to our time with you again. Until then, we pray that you're blessed. We pray that God is watching over you and keeping you safe. Get out there and share with somebody the great things of God. He is doing great things all across this world. Thank you so much, and God bless you.